Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Stuff that I've been kind of dealing with, wrestling with, cheers, and I'm processing over the last year with God. And it's not been easy, and I was, I was kind of making reference to the fact that I'm 40 now, I was 40 in February, I know I don't look it, but I am. You know, I went for my COVID jab um, a few days ago, and as I, went, as I walked into kind of in the line to, to get my jab, they were kind of registering my name and seeing if I were, you know, just checking to see who you are and if you were in the right place and all of that. And they were flicking through their papers and flicking through their papers for, for ages, and they were like, we, I can't see your name anywhere. I can't see your name. I don't know what's going on. We, we, can't, we can't find you on the sheet. And then this guy was just flicking through all these sheets. And I know I definitely booked it. And I know I had the date right and the time right and everything. And then he kind of pulled out this other kind of sheet of paper. And then he, he flicked through that. And was like, oh, there's your name on there. Oh, I thought, he said, I looked at you and I thought you were young. So I didn't think you were meant to be having this COVID jab. I thought you were meant to. So, you were in, so I thought you were in the wrong queue. But um, yeah, I know I've got that kind of. Young looking skin, which is nice, thank you, Jesus. Um, so, I was having a bit of a midlife crisis in my 40, coming up to my 40th birthday. I, I call it a midlife crisis, but I was asking myself lots of different questions about my purpose, calling, destiny, future. Where am I going? What am I doing? What's happening in my life? You know, I'm kind of midway through my life and, you know, I've done half of it. Okay, what's the next half going to look like, be like? Um, roughly half of it. I'll probably live longer than 80 years old, but um, and it's it was an interesting journey with God, and I did speak about it a lot more last week, so I won't go in too much into it. But one of the conclusions I came to was that my life belongs to the Lord, and in all the kind of wavering and thinking about other jobs and doing other things and. Is this really what I'm called to do right now? Is this where I'm meant to be right now? Isn't there other things I could be doing, earning more money, doing other things, you know, having more fun, doing other stuff? I came to the conclusion that actually God has placed me here and that I'm here to live out his purpose for my life and to live out his calling for my life, not my kind of, my own uh, things that I want to do. One of the scriptures that I, um, I kind of brought up on the screen last week it's from 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, and it says this. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, the first, the first part of the scripture from 1 Timothy 6 was talking about um, money being the root of all evil and that many people have pierced themselves um, with many griefs, chasing after money, chasing after wealth, and to be and being eager to be rich and to be and to live in a place of greed, really. And then the second part of that scripture says this: "But you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses." And that was God kind of speaking to me and saying, "No, this is what your call." your calling is at the moment to do right now um, and don't worry about money and all of that he'll provide and he'll be faithful in all of that when you seek first the kingdom of God everything will be added so that was God speaking to me but I believe that was something he was speaking to all of us 
that we're, we're here to flee from all of that pursuit of riches. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a career. There's nothing wrong with earning, earning money. You know, there's nothing wrong with all of that. But it's the, the love of money and that being the kind of main goal of our life and the thing that consumes us. So God, yeah, so God was saying, flee from all of this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And I kind of broke that down a bit last week. So, talking about purpose. Now, as I was kind of just working this out, studying this through, if you just go back to that previous slide. Um, you know, I came to the conclusion, my purpose in life isn't to be a full-time pastor or in full-time ministry that's actually not my purpose in life that's not really the reason why I live and I get up in the morning and I go to bed at night and everything I do it's not it's not for that now that's part of my calling to do that but actually my purpose isn't that the purpose isn't actually what you're kind of physically doing on a day-to-day basis that's your that's your calling that's the kind of part of the giftings that God's given you and the, the call that he's kind of brought you into but actually your purpose is deeper than that it goes past that so if we have a look at the next slide have you ever asked yourself these questions why were we created what were we created for why do we exist those kind of deep, big kind of life questions, you need to ask yourself these questions. You need to know the answers to these questions. Because if you're going to live a life of purpose in it, with meaning in it, with intention in it, you need to know the answers to these questions. You need to know why you're here, what you're doing here, why you exist. Because sometimes when times get hard and you start to struggle in life, these kind of questions and if they're not really been answered, and you haven't really got the, the deep revelation of, of those answers, it can cause you to just, to just waver and to sometimes fall into a place of depression and just giving up on life and all of that. So we need to get the answers to this. I'm going to flip, just flip through um, to the slide that talks about calling. I think it might be too down. Yeah, there you go, okay. So when we talk about calling, and I'm going to come back to the meaning of purpose in a second. Uh, calling this is this, the dictionary definition is a strong urge towards a particular way of life, a career, or a vocation. So we all have been born with gifts, we've been born with things that God wants us to do with our lives, and we kind of lean towards doing certain things, there's certain things we're good at, certain things we're not so good at, and we can just lean, you know, hopefully we have an idea of what those things are and we start to kind of maybe do some education and get some qualifications around that and, and start to go down that path in, in life. But that's, that's our calling, it's, it's the giftings and the things that we have in us that God kind of gets us to do. But actually, our purpose is more important and is, is greater than that. Now, I think one of the mistakes many Christians make, or many people in life probably make, is that they feel like there is one particular thing that God wants me to do with my life, and until I arrive at that one particular thing, 
I've not found my calling, my destiny, my, the thing I was created for. And I, I, I think that's a misunderstanding. Because I, I know people are, you know, I've, I've spoken to many people that are like, oh, I just don't really know what I'm here for. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing with my life. I don't know what, what job I should go for, or should I do this, or should I do that? And I think sometimes we just think, we, we have this idea that, oh, when I make it to, maybe some people think, like, full-time ministry, then I've made it. But if I've not made it to full-time ministry, or not doing this or that or the other, I've not made it in life. And, yeah, we just want to just dispel that kind of myth. Because a call, I believe a calling, can, they can change. Things that we're doing can change. Like, if you think about Jesus, he was a carpenter for many, many, many years. And, and that was something he was probably gifted in and able to do. And I don't think it was a family trait, I don't know. But he was a carpenter, and then God kind of adjusted that and called him into his, you know, into his, his main ministry when he was 30. But I think many of us have experienced that as well. You can do many things along the journey, but actually it's more about what our purpose is in life. Now, if you flick to the next slide, this, I believe is what explains to us our, the difference with our purpose and our calling in life. And this is from, yeah, from Matthew 4. And Jesus was calling the disciples. So he was calling, um, it was Peter and Andrew. So they were fishermen and he called them out fishing and he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, I believe our purpose in life as believers is to come and follow him. It's the come follow me bit. It's come and follow Jesus. As if you look back through the Bible, there's many men of God in the Old Testament, New Testament, many men and women that have followed God and given their lives to God. And just to name a few, you've got people like Enoch who walked with the Lord. There's even a scripture said that he walked with the Lord and then the Lord just took him up, he went. But he walked faithfully with God, it says here. You've got Abraham, who God chose and blessed and had a relationship with Abraham. And Moses, who God used to meet face to face with. And Moses, you know, all of these men of God were faithful in following God. You have David, known as a man after God's own heart. And these many, many people. But they all followed, they followed God. They were followers of God. They, they loved God. And I believe our purpose in life is to know him and to follow him. And then as we know him and follow him, he will then make us into what we need to be. But that purpose bit is massively important. We need to get that sunk deep into our heart. We're here to walk with God, to follow God, like Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. He, we, it's to have a relationship with God, be connected with God. That is our purpose in life. We're called to follow him in whatever we're doing. And as we're following him, and if we're following him consistently in the right way, solely, he will guide us, lead us, steer us into the things he's calling us to do. And they can be different at different points of your life. But the following bit is the most important bit. That's the purpose bit. Come follow me. We know that when we follow Jesus, that's that light, that's where we experience life in all its fullness. 
It's something about like this morning as we were worshiping him and just as you draw near to him and you, you're close to him, there's, there's, you just don't need to worry about anything in your life. He sorts all that stuff out. Yes, there's things you need to do. Yes, there's things you need to deal with. Yes, there's trials and, and issues and all of that. But there's something about when you follow him closely and you're in a relationship with him like David was, that man after God's own heart like Moses was. Moses made a tent where he met with the Lord. He made a tent and he kind of pitched it outside the camp where they were, they were and people went out there to to connect with God. Moses went out there to speak to God. God would come down, speak to him face to face. That's who we're called to be. Um, Jesus as our example. Jesus was a faithful son of God who, who is our example in all things in life. And he honoured his father. He knew his father. He had a deep relationship with his father. He, he did what his father asked him to do. And, and God spoke from heaven at one point and said, you know, behold... My son, who I'm well pleased. And God speaks that, or wants to speak that over all of our lives, that he's well pleased with us because we're following him faithfully. So as we're following him, he will make us. Now, fishers of men is something, in lots of ways, it's for all believers, we're all called to be witnesses, but that was something very specific for the disciples that he was raising up at the time. But he will make us into whatever he wants to make us into. Now, I had some more stuff on, on purpose and calling, but do you know yesterday yesterday evening I just felt led to come and just pray in this building. Um it's something I hadn't done obviously for a long time because we've been in this building for a long time. But I used to come on Saturday evening, sometimes we'd have a prayer meeting where we just gather people together, we'd pray. Or I'd come on my own and just pray and stuff like that. So I came here yesterday evening and I was just praying. And as I was kind of just pacing up and down and just praying, and I was kind of pray- I was praying for you guys, praying for other people that aren't here, people in our congregation, people in our church, people in our town. As I was just praying, you know, I can't. I was just led to just pray, praying to God, really coming, God, really moving, God, really just transforming our hearts, our lives, doing something deep in us. And I was just kind of just crying out to God, God, we want you to come. We want to see, you know, revival. We talk about revival or or outpouring of God's spirit or a move of his spirit. And I was just praying into that, like, God, we want to see this in Crawley. And that, a revival where you gather thousands of people to yourself. You move in people's lives. You heal bodies. You change their lives. You do this, you do that, the other. And as I was praying into that um, and really kind of going for it in prayer I was then kind of led to and this, this often happens because many of you have been to King Faith Bible College and many of you have been through the process where we kind of really pray for revival and we, we call on God for revive, to revive our nation, our towns, where we live our families, our households and many of you would have experienced this but often what God does is when you start to pray like that for other people the first, first port of call is he turns it back on you and he says, okay, Rohan, you want to see all this stuff? Okay, let's have a look at your life. Let's have a look at where you are right now, what's going on. Um, and he starts to do a kind of a work in here. And I really felt like God was, was pulling me up on quite a few things. 
now I wouldn't say I'm a bad person or do lots of bad things or do anything like that, but God was starting to put his finger on compromise, just compromise in my life, in my heart, the way I'm living. And it was starting to just deal with me on things where I'm a, there's a bit of a mixture going on in my heart, in my life. And it wasn't like a big telling off or anything. I was just, I was just praying. I was like, okay, God, you know, God was bringing up things. I was like, okay, God, yeah, I need to deal with that. Sorry, Father. And just asking him for forgiveness and repenting of stuff, turning away in my heart from stuff and just committing myself afresh to live wholeheartedly for God without compromise, without mixture, without double-mindedness, without kind of, you know, we, we sometimes say one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. And... God was just, just do it, going through that process in me. And, do you know, I looked up the word compromise. I can't remember if I made this. Uh, uh, yeah, I did do the, the dictionary definition, definition for this. So compromise. The acceptance of standards that are lower than is desirable or an agreement or settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making concessions. So that's the definition of compromise. <clears throat> so you can get, you get the meaning, you get the gist of what, what compromise is all about. So now God calls us to live holy. God is coming back for a holy people. God gave his life for us to be holy, to live in a way that is clean, pure, righteous, godly. And we are, many of us would know that we, we've known God long enough we know the scriptures and there's a, there's a standard of living now God calls us to be a holy people and the devil would want us to be not holy people just doing whatever we want to do with our lives and living however we want to live and we kind of end up somewhere in the middle of that often in our lives we, we, we decide where we want to be Often I think our hearts are that we want to live holy, we want to live right with God, but often the reality can be we end up not quite where we want to be, and we live in a place of, of compromise. So we live in a, a lower position. Sometimes it creeps up on us, it can sneak up on us, we, we're just going about our life, and I think that's what, that's what was going on with me. And you just let little things in, and you allow little things to just kind of live in your life with you but they're actually not what God wants you to have in your life like one example would be um, just some programs you've been watching on TV and they're not bad programs they're not like I mean there's you know there's some some dramas me and Hannah have just been watching and there's a bit of swearing in there and there's a bit of you know sex in there but not graphic there's a bit of violence in there but not too strong and um, you know, you can just watch these things. And actually what I tell myself as well, this is just a reflection of what's going on in the world. So it's okay to watch really, because it's not, not watching anything that bad, but it's just life. You know, people swear, people have sex, and people, there's violence that goes on. So this is just, I'm just watching a reflection of that. But actually I was thinking about that and that came to mind while I was praying. And it was like, actually, no, God doesn't, God doesn't want me to be just allowing that kind of stuff to just wash over my brain, wash it into my heart, into my life. That's not what he wants for me. Because actually what we fill our minds with and our hearts with will come out. It's, you know, where we, we reap what we sow. 
we if we receive pollution that goes in, it, it's, it's there, it comes out in different ways. We can't just bathe ourselves in the things of the world and expect them to not have a, an impact on our lives. So I was just dealing with that. And just, just other things, you know, we can be critical, we can be judgmental, we can be proud, we can, I don't know, lots of stuff in my life. And I was, in my life, and I was just like, okay, I just, just dealing with bit by bit by bit. And that's often what God does. When you start to pray for revival, you start to pray for a move of God. God's like, okay, there's lots I want to do. And, when, and God's not saying, I, don't, I can't do that. Or I don't want to do that in, for you, for this town, for these people. But actually, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for some wholehearted following of me first. That's what he often will say. He sets the standard and says, okay, this is what I need from you if you want to see this. And I think for many of our lives, sometimes we don't see the answers to prayer that we want. We don't see the breakthroughs we want to see in our families or whatever, whatever. In our heart, we don't see things that we really want to see happen. And actually, what God's looking for is us to live right first and then we'll see the answers. And you know, I'm, I'm not, this is not condemning words. You know, ultimately what God is wanting to do is he's saying, because I love you, because I long for you, because I want to see the best for you, I don't want you mixing all of that stuff in with, with my life that's in you. And it's out of love. He, you know, I was thinking about my children. If, if I see my children doing something that they shouldn't be doing, that I know is going to have a, a long-lasting negative effect on their life, I'm going to say, guys, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't get into that. Because that will affect you negatively in the future. That won't go well for you in the future. So deal with that now, and then you will have a better life as you grow up, as you mature, as you, you know, grow up in life. I've got a few other, and I don't think these are on the slide, a few other... Uh, meanings of compromise um, so compromise can be um, said words that are similar to it. it can be like agreement, understanding accommodation uh, making a deal uh, a trade off, a bargain halfway house a middle ground, a happy medium a balance give and take a concession and they're all kind of words where we kind of can we, we, we settle, don't we? You can be settling with things that we know God isn't quite happy with, but we know God will forgive us for, so we just allow things to sit. And he's, he's not impressed with that. Now, here's a piece of scripture that is actually quite encouraging. Because Paul actually dealt with some of this himself. And many of you would have heard this, this, this passage of scripture in Romans 7. This is actually, <laughs> is encouraging that, that Paul the Apostle, you know, who wrote a big chunk of the New Testament, he struggled with this kind of stuff as well. And this is Romans 7, 21, I don't think, is it there? Okay, I'll read it from there. And this is Paul speaking to the church of Rome, and he's saying, I've discovered this principle 
of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. This is into the next chapter. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us a son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did uh, this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So Paul's just sharing here a bit of his struggle, and you can read more of it in Romans 7, of kind of... There's stuff that he knows God doesn't want him to do, but he ends up doing it. And there's stuff that he knows God wants to do, and he ends up not doing it. And this is a mighty, mighty man of God. You know, Paul the Apostle. Um, planted churches all over, all over that region that he was from, and saw God do signs and wonders and miracles. And, and you know, most of what we preach probably comes from, from Paul and from, what, from the Spirit of God through Paul. And he struggled as well. And it it gives us some comfort to know that we all struggle. And we all can struggle with sin. We can all struggle with compromise and doing things that we know God doesn't want us to do. But what he does say is that God has given us the victory. If you just go back one slide. First of all, there's no condemnation. So this isn't a condemning word that I'm preaching to you this morning. And that the Bible actually says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is a word, I believe, that God wants us to, to hear this morning, to just deal with stuff in our lives. You know, we've got, we've got to allow God's spirit to just reveal to us, is there things in our life that we are dabbling with, messing with, allowing, giving concession to, um, kind of making it that kind of deal, a trade-off with, uh, uh, trying to live a, ban- a, a life of a bit of God and a bit of other stuff. Because... God doesn't want to do that, but he's given, he doesn't want us to do that. He's given us the power over sin. He's conquered sin and death and the grave and the, he- and the devil and the enemy and demonic spirits. He's conquered all of that and he's given us the victory over all of that. He's given us the victory over sin so we don't have to live under the power and the control of sin. Now, there may be some things in our lives that we we need help dealing with. You know, I've experienced in my life where I've been set free from things, but then you can end up going back to things. You, it's, and the process is just the renewing of our minds. So sometimes we can be set free from stuff that we struggle with, but we have to have our minds continually renewed day by day, meeting with God in the word, so that we don't go back to stuff that we've been set free from. So, so 
maybe this morning we're going to make some decisions to say, okay, God, I'm just putting that, I'm leaving that at the altar this morning, I'm giving you this sin or whatever it is that I'm struggling with or dealing with or, or a wrong attitude or just unforgiveness or things that I'm just struggling with in life, we might make a decision to give that to God, but we need to continue following him and walking with him to see us completely walk free from that stuff. But he has given us the power over sin and we need to, we need to walk in that. Just one last scripture, and I don't think it's on there. And this, is a, this, is, this actually goes back to what I was saying about unanswered prayer. And this is a scripture that I've, I've always had in my, in my heart. This is from Psalm 66, 18. And it says this, If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And, and it talks about prayer. If we regard wickedness or iniquity, some translations say, but basically that little bit, bit of scripture means this if we have things in our life that we are intentionally holding on to it says the lord will not hear now i'm not saying god will not i don't believe it's saying god can't hear anything we say or or do anything in our lives but it's put it's putting its finger on if we have intentional sin intentional stuff that we hold on to that we know is not right with god but we make a concession for it we hold it we keep it uh, keep it with us it says God will not hear. And we know things like that can, well, God, it can prevent our prayers from being answered. Let's be real. Let's be honest. We can't hold on to sin and live our life for God or try to live our lives for God and expect everything to just go well with us. We've got to deal with stuff. And I believe this morning God wants us to just deal with stuff. And another one of my favorite scriptures, you can find it is 1 John 1 8 I've got it here and a whole, there's a whole chunk of scripture there and I'll actually read from verse 5 this is 1 John 1 5 to 10 it says this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light and in him there is no darkness at all we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not live out the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son purifies us from all sin if we claim to be without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins this is an important bit if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness and if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So that's another comfort in scripture, actually, because it's saying we all have sinned. Word, thought, deed, every day of our lives. We pro- at some point in time, we do sin. We do think wrong thoughts, do wrong things. But I think what God's wanting to put his heart on this morning is the, uh, what's the word? The kind of having a, having a heart of saying, God, I want to live totally for you without sin. I don't want, I'm not making any room in my life for sin. It's having that heart. That's what he's wanting from us. 
that we're not, uh, we're not having a heart for sin. Yes, we will sin, it says here. Yes, we'll make mistakes. Yes, we'll mess up. Yeah, that's fine. But, but actually, he doesn't want us to just live in a way where we allow, we're allowing it, we're happy with it, we're, we're you know, making, making it normal in our lives. So if we, we confess to him straight away, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of that. So it doesn't take long to deal with stuff in our lives. I just believe this morning, you know, last week I was talking about um, crossing over into a new era and crossing into something new. And it's a new season in God's kingdom. It's a new, something new that the church and this nation, church around the world is stepping into. And I just believe this morning is an opportunity to just leave some stuff behind, leave some baggage behind, lay it down at the altar and say, okay, God, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to drink too much anymore so that I get drunk. I'm not going to watch stuff on TV anymore that I know is not right and healthy and, and, and edifying. I'm not going to do whatever. You know, talk about people behind their back, gossip and slander and, you know, whatever it may be. Lie. I don't know. There's, there's many things it could be. But I believe that God wants us to make a decision this morning. We're going after him. Amen. So we're going to kind of bring it to a close there. But if, can I have Richard and no, if you guys just can come and just play in the background. I want us to, I want you to do business with God this morning. Now I did business with God last night and I believe that it's right for us to, to do some of that business with him right now. You can do it as you sit there. You just speak to him in your heart. And you just tell him your intentions. And if there's things that you need to just ask him for forgiveness for, you go ahead and do that. Now's the time to do that. Now's the time to just drop any baggage, any weights, any things that you've been carrying around. God is looking for a holy people, people that are pure, that have their robes, not stained with any sin or any compromise or anything like that. White robes we're called to wear. And you know, as soon as you ask for forgiveness, straight away he washes your robes clean. It's his blood that he shed for us on the cross that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He gave himself so that we could be free from the power of sin, that it wouldn't hang over us. He stood in the gap so that the wrath of God wouldn't be poured out on us. You know, we don't deserve um, mercy. We, don't de- we, just, we deserve punishment from God, really, but it's because of his mercy and his love that he stopped us from experiencing some of the stuff that people in the Old Testament experienced. They sinned and the ground opened up. They sinned and, you know, fire and brimstone fell from the sky or snakes came out and bit people and killed people. Jesus went to the cross so that we wouldn't experience that wrath of God being poured out on us because of our sin and our lifestyles. So we look to him and we ask him for his forgiveness and we say sorry to him. So if there's things in your life you want to say sorry for, you want to ask forgiveness for, go ahead and do that right now. Any compromise. God's coming back for a a bride, spotless, pure, without wrinkle, without blemish. The bride of Christ, that's us, the church. 
much he wants to do in your life with you. That purpose that we were talking about right at the beginning, walking with him, that's walking with him without compromise. That's walking with him without mixture. We don't want to be cold or lukewarm. We want to be hot. Thank you, Jesus. And his grace that he gives to us every day, it enables us to live that life, to live on purpose for him. It enables us to walk with him. It enables us to live without falling into sin all the time. It enables us to live wholeheartedly after him. That's grace that comes from him and you can ask him for that grace. things you're struggling with you can't deal with we are here to help just get in contact with myself or people in the CLT or any of us leaders here you can speak to us and we can help you because there is things that we can kind of just get stuck in and don't know how to get out of or struggle with and don't know how to stop words of knowledge here before we finish just things that I believe God wants to heal in, in, in people's hearts and lives first of all I just felt that people were dealing with broken hearts in this room <clears throat> whatever that means to you if that's relationship wise whatever's going on just allow God to just heal any brokenness in your heart ask him to come and deal with that, heal that, sort that out. Just felt there's people here that feel like they're stuck in the mud in their relationship with God. I feel like they just can't move forward or they just don't know how to move forward. I just believe God wants to unstick your feet this morning. So Father, we thank you, Lord, you unstick anyone's feet where they feel like they're they don't know how to move forward with you, Father. Give them the revelation they need to get unstuck and to continue on with you. I just believe God wants to heal people with memory loss. Find it hard to retain things or forget things or whatever. Father, we thank you. We rebuke any memory loss in people's, in people's minds, in their brain right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. 
Now just lastly, anyone dealing with hearing things or seeing like demonic things, wrong, you know, just hearing things and seeing things, that's the word I got. So whether you hear voices or you see stuff, just believe God wants to just silence those things right now. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I take authority over anything demonic that is troubling people, where they hear things, see things, have wrong thoughts, hear voices, negative stuff. Are we bind that right now in Jesus' name? We silence those voices. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you're looking to pour out your spirit on all flesh. You're looking to move in our nation, in our town, in our lives, in our households, in our places of work, in our hearts, Lord God. Father, we want to just say, Lord, let it happen. Father, enable us to to walk in a place of single-heartedness, single-mindedness, keeping our eyes fixed on you and not giving in to any temptation, Lord God. Father, come and revive us again. Revive us as a people, Father. Let your church be that beacon of hope and light and love and joy in this nation again, Lord God. Father, let souls be saved. Let hearts be changed, bodies be healed. Father, come and stir us up as your believers, as as your children to go and do what you've called us to do. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that this is a, a step across the, across the water into a new place, into a new era. And Father, we're leaving that baggage behind. And we're going to live, Father God, an uncompromised life for you. Thank you, Father. And just lastly, one last chunk of scripture. This is from Psalm 119. It says this, Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. You can read that. That's Psalm 119, 1-8. Just read that little chunk. I like at the end of it, it says, please don't give up on me. We need Jesus to enable us. to. We need his spirit. We need his help in our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.